Welcome to the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Stephen Baudouin. Stephen is a recent graduate in our Executive MBA class of 2022, and he and I recently connected to talk more about his background, how he decided to pursue an MBA, what led him to Darden, the impact of his Darden experience, what he's been up to since graduation, and so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Stephen Baudouin. Stephen, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Brett. How are you today? It's great to have you here. Um, thank you so much for doing this. It's so much fun catching up with alums on, on the podcast, hear what you've been up to, what's going on. Um, first of all, how are you doing? How's everything? Brett, I'm doing well. Uh, fall is probably my favorite time of year. So uh, in terms of all the beautiful things happening in the world and the trees and the change in the weather, the temperature, it's it's just a happy, cozy time of year for me. So that is terrific. And uh, all other things are are doing well. Thank you. Yeah, where are you on the pumpkin spice revolution? How do you feel about that? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, uh, the, what, what was the saying? The revolution shall not be televised or shall be televised. I, I think the pumpkin spice revolution is, is more than televised at, at this point. But, um, you know, it, it really, like like all things, Brett, depends on uh, quality. Uh, so, you know, if, if we're talking saccharine, uh, processed, um, uh, suspicious origin of, of ingredients, pumpkin spice, then I'm going to take a pass. But if we're talking, Brett, about high-quality ingredients, if we're talking about, about uh, uh, thoughtful uh, process by which, by which the, the uh, pumpkin spice, whether the scent or the flavor is made, if, if we're talking about something of, of, a, of a real high quality, then, then I'm all in on it. All right. A discriminating pumpkin consumer. I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, not, not, not all pumpkin spice is created equal. Yes, that's a wow. We're already off to a hot start with this podcast. This is great. Uh, well, Stephen, uh, thanks again for doing this. Um, and um, I'd like to start with the same first question we ask all of our guests. Tell us a little bit more about you and and your background. Sure. So uh, I grew up in suburban Kansas City, Missouri. I'm the youngest of four kids. Both of my parents worked two plus jobs to make ends meet. My mom was a pharmacy tech for many years and also cleaned houses. Uh, And my dad was a religious education director in the Catholic church and also a Catholic deacon. And he drove a school bus for many years. And we always had a, a very busy household. All the kids were always doing a lot of activities, but we also always had music and creativity in our household. We had a beat up upright piano in the living room. And my mom, who's a, a wonderful pianist, would uh, uh, I'd sit down on the piano bench with her and sing songs together. Uh, and um, we still have copies of sheet music when I was learning how to read music of me writing the names of the notes onto the sheet music itself. Um, so where I come from are, are those origins. And um, I uh, grew up in Kansas City and in, in Independence, Missouri. Uh, studied voice at New England Conservatory of Music. I'm a I'm a singer by training, a vocalist, and um, 
started having a, a career in my teens and 20s as a performer in the entertainment music industries. And uh, uh, where should we go next? That's maybe a little bit of, of, of context of where I'm from, but, but what, else would be, what else would be interesting to know? Yeah, well, I think, all right, so you started to introduce uh, some of the themes that I'm sure we'll hear about uh, as you continue on in your story, but um, how did you land on the uh, idea of pursuing an MBA? Um, what led you to to that that path? Yeah, so so my, my entire life's work is about democratizing art and creativity and supporting people in achieving their full potential in the world. And and I learned many of those things from my my parents and my family, and also my grandparents on both sides. And uh, I had been working in the entertainment industry first, as I mentioned, as a as a performer, as a vocalist, and then as a, an administrator and manager and leader, uh, especially leading nonprofit arts organizations, which I had done for many years. And I had been itching for years to to want to really challenge myself. I felt that there were some subject matter areas where I really could use some development. And I felt that also my leadership and, and frankly, my character also um, would benefit from some discernment and reflection and work. And so at the onset of COVID, like many people in the world, I just asked myself, what is going to happen in this world at this moment? And my, my first response, Brett, was, I, this feels like the best time to, to, to do this work on myself and for myself that I've wanted to do for so long. This, this kind of leadership practice development work, this character development work, this subject matter development work, because who knows what will happen in the entertainment industry, let alone in any industry, once COVID continues or, or evolves. And I'll, I'll just say one other thing, which is that um, just six months prior to the onset of COVID, I was doing a leadership development program um, at, um, um, at an institution and, uh, uh, and it's a, uh, an arts leadership development program. And one of the faculty was a professor named Laura Morgan Roberts. And she was on the faculty of this leadership development program, and I just loved her style and approach and the content of what she was teaching and how she was teaching and the whole case Socratic method. And I thought, this, this, this professor is amazing. And I was just lit up by, by that type of learning environment. And so when I started thinking about where I wanted to go for this, this next phase of, of learning and development, uh, I immediately knew that that um, that Professor Morgan Roberts' work was something that attracted me, and so I started to learn more about Darden. And so that's how I kind of came into the Darden universe and and discovered just the richness of the program. And and for me, more than anything, about the values of the institution and the ways that the values of the Darden Institution aligned so strongly with my own personal values. When you talk to other people in the arts community about your interest in pursuing an MBA, what were the reactions uh, that you got from people? Well, I uh, a, a lot of support, a whole lot of support. My board chair at the time for the organization I was leading uh, was also an MBA from a from a top American business school, and 
Um, and so he he understood immediately and was so incredibly supportive and still is to this day. He's a real friend and mentor. He was so incredibly supportive of, of my decision. The, the MBA experience and the MBA credential is very unusual in the arts and entertainment industry, whether on the for-profit or nonprofit side. And so uh, uh, what I find is, is that, that there's a lot of interest and curiosity as I talk to colleagues now about the difference that this experience has made in my life and in my impact. Um, and, and my hope, frankly, Brett, is that many more folks that work in my industry uh, I was kind of a unicorn in the class. I was the only one from the arts entertainment industry uh, in my class. My hope is that many more folks in my industry will will take a serious look uh, at Darden uh, as a, a real pathway for expanding their their impact. You mentioned getting interested in Darden because of Laura Morgan Robertson, then doing some research about it and finding the program. Its values really resonated with you. Can can you share a little bit more detail about what it is specifically about Darden that that really appealed? Mm, I think uh, a few things. I think um, well, well, first of all, no one can deny Brett the 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 impact of the Brett Twitty experience. I'm I'm pausing for effect there, Brett. Well, I, I'm very kind to say to say that, uh, Stephen. I will say, I mean, it's such a pleasure uh, to get to know our prospective students and to work with them uh, as they are trying to figure out, you know, what's right for them and is starting the right place and doing all their research. I mean, it's a it's a very humbling thing. Well, I, I mean that sincerely, and 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 there, you you are part of an, a wonderful team uh, with this institution, uh, but but I just I use as as an example because because. The, the quality and care that that I experienced with you and others on your team, <clears throat> I think really spoke to kind of the full, um, the fully rounded um, data informed, but also human centered approach that seems to be part of the Darden ethos and the Darden value system. You know, there's a, there's a, a, a saying often bandied about at Darden, and I think it might be on the wall at, at Sands Family Grounds. And it says, uh, values create value. Values create value. And the idea there is simple, but complicated, which is that core values, things that are, that are very hard to measure, um, honesty, integrity, um, uh, 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 you know, other other sort of character values or other whatever core values you hold, that 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 those core values, when operationalized, can themselves create enormous value, not only for the enterprise that you're leading or part of, but also for the world, for the planet, and and it's a simple but complicated idea because it suggests, as as everyone is thinking about at this moment, with uh, from my view, a, a, a planet that is really hurting and with some significant um, geopolitical threats in the air, that 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 we have to be very especially cognizant and careful about what matters to us and what we're measuring, because what we're measuring is 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 the the way that we tend to 
um, exemplified to demonstrate what what matters to us. And so, so if we think about about values as being animating forces in our work, um, beyond just you know, a balance sheet doesn't speak for itself. It just doesn't. A balance sheet literally has no voice. So we we have to have uh, a sense of our why, a sense of our purpose, and a sense of some some real anchoring values um, that infuse that suffuse our work uh, above and beyond any of those things because. Uh, because that is that's the entire point of of the human existence today is to have to to to, to take care of each other, to to uh, be honest, to have integrity in our work. So that's a long answer to your short question, but I'm I'm I don't know if I'm doing a terrific job, but I'm trying. What I'm trying to get across is that this institution says, look, of course we'll give you uh, a great quantitative and qualitative. Uh, grounding and and you're gonna you know uh, leave uh, with the much discussed enterprise wide view across many functions and subject matter areas. But more important to me, more important to me is um, you will also leave, and this was my experience. You will also leave Darden um, knowing more about yourself, knowing more about your values, and know and and being better equipped than ever to operationalize your values, to, to live authentically and truly into the kind of leader that you, you singular person were meant to be. That is very, very powerful, powerful stuff. Um, and I do think that's one of the things that I hear time and again here on the podcast is that the focus here is not just about understanding balance sheets or learning more about accounting or this kind of thing. It is, it's kind of whole person transformational experience where where you're pushed to ask a lot of deep questions about who you are and, and how you show up and who you really want to be and uh, that, that that's um i mean that is very much at the core uh, of, of this experience um so steven i'm wondering so you come to darden you're a brand new mba student executive mba program what was that adjustment like for you oh boy it was <laughs> it was a you know, Brett, I I will say uh, the Darden Executive MBA was one of the hardest things I have done in my life. Period. Just one of the hardest, and, and hard in every way. Not only hard in terms of the content of the subjects, in terms of the outlay, in terms of time. Emotionally hard sometimes in terms of the you're trying to balance career family exec MBA program at Darden, it, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. And, and in the first, the first few months were it, it's it, for me, especially because I had not been in school in a couple of years in about 18 to 20 years, uh, that dates myself, I know, but I had not, might have been almost 20 years since my undergraduate degree. So I had not been, I had not really been exercising those muscles. And so it's like not, you know, it's like not not going to the gym for for twenty years. <laughs> you 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 step back into the gym and you kind of look around and you go, oh, okay, there's uh, some equipment here I haven't picked up in a while. Then you go to 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 pick up that that piece of equipment and you go, oh, that really hurts right now. Uh, but then you have to keep you have to keep doing it. You have to keep you have to keep repeating. You have to keep looking around and asking for help in that gym. You have to spend the time to understand how the equipment works. And you also have to 
give yourself some grace for the fact that you are, you know, working out intellectually for the first time in some years in this way, because it is, it is a, it is a very intensive, you are responsible for your own education and you can extract the maximal impact from it, or you can kind of, you know, Darden doesn't let you skate by, but you can, you can do less if you so choose. But, but my, my whole going in point of view was I, I want to extract the maximal value from this in the classroom and out of the classroom. How long do you think it took you to figure out a schedule or an approach that worked well for you? Oh, a schedule and an approach that worked well for me. I, I um, gosh, my my immediate response is uh, I'm not sure that I ever figured that out in the course of the program, but that may say more about me than about anything else. Uh, probably the more generous response to myself is that uh, it, it took a couple of months. But also to to really figure out, you know, the Tuesday Thursday piece, and then uh, the leadership weekends, uh, uh, the on ground stuff, and we were in a very hybrid environment at that time, as you well recall. Um, but I would also say that that figuring out the scheduling in terms of, you know, how does this work for classes? How do I schedule my work on top of this? What do I need to communicate to my family about what this all means, and how do I make sure I'm spending time with my family at the same time? It, it was an ever-evolving process because, um, you know, especially once you get past Q4 or 5 into Q6 and beyond, you know, there's more, uh, there are more elective options. And so it become, things become much more variable. But it, it did take me a couple months to, to really kind of settle into a groove. And, and what was key to that, and this is not uh, news on this podcast, but what was key to that, of course, was my leadership team and LT22, Taylor Hart. Hannah, Dan, Stephen, we 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 really had not only a tight bond, but just a lot of care and support for each other, so that we could figure out and and lift each other up and support each other during during the really hard, sticky times. Tell me a little bit more about how you and your learning team work together. I'm always interested in that. I think particularly uh, for our prospective executive MBA students who are thinking, "Gosh." Not everybody's going to live maybe in the same place. Uh, maybe they will, maybe they won't. Uh, got very different schedules, a lot competing for their time. How did y'all work together? Yeah, so we 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 work together like any uh, team of of folks that are working in the 21st century. So we a lot of a lot of, a lot of digital tools that we utilize to to maximize the the impact and often the efficiency of our work together. So you know. What we did at the outset in Q1 was we set regular times that we met, and I think it was two, maybe three days a week, and we parsed out the content uh, of the given term and then really had some frank, transparent conversations amongst ourselves about what content areas uh, aligned with our skills and experience and the, the places where we would need some support. And, and Darden is incredibly thoughtful in my experience about how learning teams are constructed so that you've got a variety of industries and experiences and subject matter expertise on a team. And that was, that was my experience. And so we, we parsed out the content, we uh, took on assignments, uh, and uh, by, in, in other words, we assigned uh, particular case preparation. And then in these meetings, we really dove into the key questions and the key issues in the case so that we could come as prepared as possible to class. 
Um, and it also meant that we were in constant conversation between meetings on, especially on WhatsApp, so that we were constantly, you know, sharing insights, sharing information, sharing, you know, um, sharing, sharing all sorts of things, knowledge, um, uh, key learnings, so that we could really challenge each other and, and learn and grow together. And, and sometimes it meant, you know, swapping out the assignments because of someone's life or work schedule, or there's a childcare issue that comes up. But we were in constant communication, in addition to the regular team meetings. And then often, what we would do is we would. Uh, there were so many moments where where uh, we felt that we were uh, pretty well prepared to go into a uh, class discussion, and then in the midst of the class discussion, had so many aha moments of saying, "Oh wow, there's this other th other element to the case that we had no idea we were anticipating," and that's part of the joy of this experience in Darden is is you may think you're sort of going down one pathway trying to interrogate one set of questions or one particular issue. But then the classroom, you never know where the classroom experience will go because it is so alive. Uh, and so there are many, many moments where we felt, yes, we're prepared. Let's go in and we do it. And we go in and we go, whoa, there are all these other, there's this whole other way of thinking about this that just, uh, and that was, uh, that was incredibly, that kept everything very alive. Yeah, I appreciate you're you're talking a little bit more about the learning learning team experience and and your class, uh, class of 2022, uh, because of where things were with COVID and the pandemic, it feels like your first year was one experience and then your second year was a very different experience. As you transitioned from year one to year two, moved back into what we would fairly consider a more normal approach uh, to the program, back fully in person for those parts of the program that were in person online for those parts of the program that are online. The program's always been a hybrid one, but it felt like y'all maybe had two diff diff different experiences because of the progression of the pandemic. Brett, I think that's accurate. And I think, and I think the, we did have two different types of experiences, but, but the entirety, the totality of the experience uh, made us incredibly in my in my experience incredibly bonded uh as as a class and that it, in a sense the kind of difficulties of of the early days of covid and the first year year and a half of covid really in in some ways helped to to strengthen the human relationships that that we formed among classmates but certainly once the vaccine came out and once things started reopening and we had more time in person uh there was a whole uh, a whole wave of social interaction that we were all just hungry for. And so year two for us was, was just a, you know, a lot of hard work and uh, a lot of great uh, time for socializing, building relationship, finding out more about each other. Uh, and, and then, you know, and some, you know, uh, supporting each other through major life events, which is, which is now, you know, a year and a half later, uh, and we'll talk, I'm sure, about this, but a year and a half later, it is astonishing, frankly, just to think about how much has changed for for everyone in the class and how much has changed for for everyone in my learning team, you know, professionally, personally, in, in so many regards. Let's talk a little bit more about your career interests. Uh, when you came to Darden, how those may have evolved over the course of your, your time in the program. Um, it sounded to me, as you were telling your story, that your goal was to really grow and develop as a leader, did you have a particular career goal in mind, you know, post MBA? It's a great question. So two things come to mind there. I, I certainly had some goals with respect to subject matter areas and functional areas that I wanted to increase my knowledge and understanding and aptitude. And I, I was undecided because of the state of the world at that time as to 
where exactly I wanted this to take me. I mean, there was there was a part of me that thought at that time, this is a great chance to switch. This is a great chance to switch. I've been in the nonprofit sector uh, in in leadership for 20 years. This is a chance to really leverage that experience and 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 lever up uh, with with Darden into uh, something perhaps in the private sector. And I explored a lot of opportunities in marketing and sales and products and uh, social impact in the private sector. Uh, and had I just want to say that the the relationships and the support that Darden, especially the career services team, afforded me to do that kind of exploration was unbelievable. And and where that exploration led me was the realization that actually I really want to deepen my impact in my current industry. And so in that respect, it was completely time well spent because. Again, I didn't know when I came into Darden exactly what I wanted to, to how I wanted to leverage the experience to to change my life. I, I was open to a vast array of possibilities, and I did really think, gosh, maybe it'll be a private sector opportunity. But the more I explored, the more I said, you know what? I really want to to maximize my impact in my current industry and to to find ways to grow my leadership, to grow my impact for ever larger institutions. So that's that's where I landed. But I, I will just say one other thing is that um, the the areas, the functional and subject matter areas that that I really wanted to focus on, I really got to to focus on, and those were primarily strategy, marketing, and entrepreneurship. Um, in addition to general leadership, and so the 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 courses and the experiences I had um, with amazing professors from from Venkat in in entrepreneurship and Greg Fairchild in entrepreneurship and and the uh, uh, Raj with marketing and um, uh, so many classes uh, on on strategy. You know, the, I I got to squeeze so much juice out of those subject matters that I really was was hungry for in the program. So, what have you been up to since since graduation? Uh, a few things. So, uh, gr graduation was May of 2022, uh, a day that will always live in my heart. And um, uh, 48 hours after graduating, my partner and I closed on our first home together. And uh, that was a terrific uh, experience and, and a really important experience for us. So we closed on our first home. Uh, in the final months of my time in the program, I was uh, avidly interviewing, talking with recruiting firms about, about new opportunities post-MBA. And I did accept an opportunity shortly after graduation to serve as executive director of the South Orange Performing Arts Center, which is a fabulous uh, performing arts center that presents hundreds of shows in music, theater, and dance in uh, suburban New York City on the North Jersey side, about 30 minutes from Midtown Manhattan. So I accepted that role. And uh, if there's, uh, you know, uh, Darden has taught me many things, one of which is be ready for anything. <laughs> and, uh, and, and over the last few months, uh, Brett, I uh, started entertaining some conversations about the possibility of, of moving on to a, 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 a very special leadership opportunity. And so can, can, we, can we break some news on, on the pod today? Absolutely, sure. Why not? Cool. So, uh, so I actually just recently accepted a new position, and starting February first, 
excuse me, February 5th, I will uh, begin as the president and CEO of the Music School of Delaware. And the Music School of Delaware is one of the largest and, and oldest community music schools in the country. And it has sites all across the state of Delaware and works with uh, thousands of youth and families and adults. And uh, they are a hundred year old institution and uh, looking for uh, vision and, and execution to guide them into the next hundred years of impact. So I start February 5th as the president and CEO of the Music School of Delaware. I'm very excited about that. Well, that's awesome. Well, con congratulations. Uh, I'm curious, like as you've navigated, uh, obviously your role with the South Orange Performing Arts Center, looking at this new role, uh, what do you think has been the impact of, of your Darden experience? Oh gosh, it's it is hard to quantify. It really is because it, it in in my experience, the Darden experience has infused every single aspect of who I am. And who I am becoming, and uh, from the way that I manage and support and care for people in my work, my direct reports, my indirect reports, my board, colleagues, uh, partners, pro, you know, suppliers, it it has impacted in every respect how I lead, care for, collaborate with people in in every respect. I think number two is that it has really allowed me to be just a much more focused and strategic leader and to um, uh, ask more of the right types of questions, to understand more the short, mid, and long-term impacts of every potential decision point, to be more discerning about what my inputs are in any respect, to be more discerning about what data I look at and why, to be more discerning about what voices I listen to and why. So to be much more discerning about what I take in as a leader um, and to recognize the many biases that exist as I both take information in and, and use it to make decisions. And I think the third thing is that um, without question, it has provided me with a network, not only from my class, but from other classes, provided me with a network of support and, and relationship that, you know, Brett, it's just hard to even describe the value because it is, it is literally invaluable. I was just at a dinner over the weekend uh, recently with one of my classmates, shout out to Perry. And uh, we he we had a gathering of there must have been eight or ten of us from the class and our spouses. And uh, as dinner was wrapping up, we all went around the table and talked about you know just life updates, what's happening in people's lives, you know, new kids, new career moves, and and just to look around that table and see the classmate who was just appointed the head of GI for a major healthcare network. And then the entrepreneurial classmate who just started a new venture consulting and digital strategy for B2B SaaS companies. And the classmate who just got married over the last year and then accepted a new role leading the expansion of a creative agency's indulgence brand portfolio of clients. And I could go on. The These are relationships that without Darden, I don't know that, I really don't think I ever would have met 
and connected with these humans. And and the 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 power of those connections and the way that we support and care for each other is is just so special. Yeah, that's very powerful. I, I always love just to hear how stu students stay connected with their classmates post-graduation. And I think oftentimes when people think about doing a working professional program, they just imagine, oh, I'm gonna come here, I'm gonna do class, and then that's gonna be it. But it is something much stickier than that here at Darden. It's relationships, it's people. Um, um, it, that's all part of this experience. A hundred percent. Well, Stephen, I wonder, is I know it's hard to pick a favorite class, but um, is there a class that stands out from your time at Darden that really made an impression on you that you still think about uh, to this day? Yes. Yes, a few. Uh, mm, it is. It really is so hard to pick. I mean, there. I I don't remember how many. You know, what fifty classes I took, sixty classes, a whole lot of classes. Um, there, I would I would choose one or two. Um, Allison Elias um, with negotiations was exceptional, and and I I I use every day, literally every day, some element of what I learned in that class, if not all elements of what I learned in that class. Um, and, and Allison's class on negotiations was just chef's kiss, um, um, impactful, powerful, focused. And, and what made it so is that we, we, we did it. It wasn't, it wasn't theory. It's like anything else in Darton. It's like you're, you're practicing it. And the, the, the value of role play in that class and the value of getting peer feedback in real time, not only on, um, not only on, uh, not, not only on the outcome, but also on the perception, right? And the, the ability to, to really ask ourselves, you know, what is our level of trust with those across the table from us in negotiation? And how do we engender that sense of shared trust and shared purpose when we're negotiating? That class was amazing, and I, I use those tools and skills all the time. And I also do want to give a shout out to, to Venkat uh, and his class in entrepreneurship. And Ven, Venkat's uh, principles of effectual entrepreneurship, uh, do act, do ask, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Venkat's principles very much stay with me because, because every venture in whatever industry you're in is entrepreneurial, or as he called it, intrapreneurial in some respect, if not in many respects. And so the, the ways that I can in the institution that I lead, and also in, in some kind of smaller ventures that I'm playing with right now that, that may get off the ground in the next year, um, the, the principles of, of effectual entrepreneurship uh, I, I use constantly, especially as I'm finding ways to uh, to pilot and develop new products and services in my industry with the organizations that I lead. And so Venkat's class was very profound, but there, there are so many professors, Greg Fairchild, Jim Dieter, Laura Morgan Roberts, um, so many professors that, that just did, you know, phenomenal work because, because they, that the, the classroom experience was so alive. Well, Stephen, I, I want to ask you this question just because I feel like there must be a few other things that you haven't mentioned here yet, but what are you looking forward to in the in the coming months? Obviously, you got your new role, but anything else that, that's on the horizon that you're excited about? Oh, so so many things. So I, I, I just kind of obtusely referenced uh, some some nascent 
um, uh, some nascent entrepreneurial um, uh, inklings or, or an emerging venture. And I, I, I should maybe just say a bit more about that because it's uh, very interesting for me. Uh, I have discovered in the last year that there's a real opportunity uh, to uh, support uh, musicians at all stages of their career, but especially early to mid-career, musicians and performing artists in career strategy and development. And um, there are many uh, opportunities in, in the entertainment industry. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, this, is, this is one lane that really interests me. So I have begun just some quiet work with um, a few uh, colleagues uh, that may end up becoming clients for me in that space that are looking for career development and career strategy as performing artists um, that in a way that is more robust than what exists in the current model of booking and management uh, so that I think that there may be a, a new lane, a, a new ocean that's possible there. So that that is fun to, to not only think about, but to start uh, piecing the putting the pieces together uh, and to see what that may look like over the next year. And then uh, I'm, I'm also super excited for, for all the things happening with my learning team. Uh, and we, we keep in very close contact. We're actually talking about doing some sort of a reunion in January, February this year. Uh, one of my learning team members just had a baby. Uh, another one actually is about to welcome his, I think, third or fourth child. Um, uh, yet another one is is entertaining some interesting career opportunities. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to having some time in person with my LT. Oh, that's great. That is awesome. Um, well, I'm going to ask you the last question that we ask all of our guests here. Uh, what's a what's a piece of advice you would share with our prospective student listeners, something you would encourage them to think about as they go forth on their own MBA journeys? I think that nothing is more important than being you. Uh, and I had some anxiety when applying to Darden. That's very normal. Uh, had some anxiety about myself, my readiness, my value proposition. And what I realized through the application process and then through the entire experience is that um, my my un the, the unique attributes that are part of me are uh, differentiating and are important. And so as opposed to, you know, if someone's applying, as you're thinking about applying to Darden, I would say focus on and, and really highlight the, the aspects of you that make you who you are. Uh, because, you know, while, while I have many friends and classmates who went into um, consulting, went into financial services, went into um, uh, you know a variety of career paths that that are um, some might say more traditional. I have just as many classmates and friends that are starting entrepreneurial ventures, that are in healthcare, that are in media, that are in in any many types of industries. And I, I actually know that a, a friend of a friend who works in the entertainment industry and uh, in DC just joined the um, just joined either a full time or an exec MBA class at Darden recently. So there's your job is to be you. So don't try to be anyone else. Or don't try to focus on what you think the school is looking for. Just bring the best version of yourself. 
Love that advice. It really does square with so much of what we encourage our applicants to think about as they approach the application process. You know, everything that makes you different is a real strength in, in the application process. Let that come forward because we are trying to put together a class that has as much difference as possible. It makes it much more interesting when you're having these case discussions, when you're on a learning team, when you're building your network, to have people from all kinds of industries and backgrounds, lived experiences, walks of life. It's an amazing, amazing thing. Yes, I, I think uh, I think Professor Morgan Roberts, uh, what I'm recalling from her class uh, about the 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 value add of difference, um, uh, I believe the term was creative abrasion, the idea that that uh, that by 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 um, leveraging in difference of lived experience, difference of race, difference of sexual orientation, difference of 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 socioeconomic background, that there is this phenomenal uh, abrasion that happens that actually leads to more growth, to better results, better outcomes for everyone. Well, Stephen, it's been so much fun catching up with you. Congratulations on your new role. That is awesome news. Look forward to hearing more about how things go uh, there. But thank you so much for taking some time out for the podcast and for sharing your story with our listeners. Brett, it was my pleasure. It's great to catch up with you and uh, look forward to hearing many more stories on the pod. And that was my interview with Stephen Baudouin, a graduate in our executive MBA class of 2022. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA at darden.virginia.edu. Till next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.